What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. Hey, I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpits stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it with my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness from my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Ringer NFL co-host, Ringer NFL editor, Lindsay Jones. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. How are you? I can't believe I already got something wrong. You're on Slow News Day more than Ringer NFL. I'm really sorry. That's, that's fair. No, I, I do both. I do both. We've been on a little Slow okay. News Day hiatus. Yeah. Well, Kevin Clark has been on paternity leave, but I think we'll be coming back soon. So very busy NFL offseason. Seriously. Well, we are here to discuss The Bachelor. I am still in Spain, and so that's why it's late. I'm very, very sorry, but I'm delighted to dive in. Also, another apology. Jacoby and I got some stuff wrong on Love is Blind Pod, so we will do some corrections at the end, but (laughs) let's dig into it. Lindsay, where does Gabby go from here? I mean, we'll talk about everything, but like, I just can't. It was, it was really, really hard watching her talk to him last night. Like, like I, I hope she's okay. Like, what do you think is next for someone like Gabby? Like this was a horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think one of my issues that I've had with the show for a while is that just so many of these, the contestants, like they do not leave the show. Okay. And it's kind of in the inherent structure of the format of the show. It's like basically built in to cause as much emotional, pain and trauma as possible. And I think, you know, Zach's commitment to 
the format and to like be the ideal bachelor for what the show wanted. A guy who is going to, you know, send women home according to schedule at the road, you know, at, at the right rose ceremonies and go through with this entire process, bring two women all the way up to that platform. It was really brutal for Gabby because it was clear, right? I mean, it was clear for weeks to all of us. I she think it was very clear to Gabby as well. Yeah. She knew it. And I, I thought that was really unfair to her. So I, I did notice when she was on the when kind of the the after the final rose ceremony, when she and Zach were talking live, she did talk about how in their fantasy suite, sex was just a very small part of it. She talked about how they spent a lot of time talking about mental health and about therapy. And I was really glad to hear that because I hope that what is next for her is probably a, a significant amount of therapy to kind of deal with what is happening. And I, I hope that part is already in progress because she seems lovely probably too good for the show in many ways. And, you know, I hope that the trauma that was kind of inflicted upon her and that some of it she kind of walked into too. I mean, her gut was telling her to leave and she didn't leave. Yeah, She had a couple chances where she could have. Yeah, she, it's, so, it's yeah. pretty sad. It's, it's also inexplicable, but I'm glad you brought up like how she talked about the fantasy suite because I also thought it was really interesting how she gave like some very specific insight that we don't often get when she was like, Zach came up behind me and he kissed me on the back of my head. And he was like, this is just between us. Like, I think that that explains, not that she needed to explain it. Like it was obvious from last week that he like screwed her over and we all were mad, but it gives even more depth to why this was such a huge betrayal. It's like, not only did he go back on his word about not having sex with everyone, but he also went back on his word specifically to Gabby and I thought that was like a really, that sort of was like at the twist of the knife when she was like already really upset. As a viewer, I really felt for her. Also on the, on the mental health tip, as I was watching, I was just like, this woman's not okay. And it was just like, it was, it was really, ups- it was really upsetting. And I was, I'm glad that we're doing the pod together. Cause I was thinking about how, when you came on early in the season, we talked about how it felt like such a classic bachelor season. And it really was like, it was like, a very boring finale, except for, like, this one woman being completely devastated. And as you said, Zach was, like, so committed to playing the role of Bachelor that he, like, he he, he surely knew. Like, I'm sure he wasn't, like, completely definitive, but it was pretty clear. And he was just so upset. He was just, like, so committed to doing this, like, the Sean Lowe way. And I would say this yeah. made me like Sean Lowe significantly less. And I didn't really think about him, but I would now Same. say I dislike him. Well, I don't know. I don't know who was asking for this. Like, he must have signed some sort of contract that said you will appear 87 times this season. And by God, he was going to appear every single time that he was asked. And, you know, I don't know. You know, I think this probably gets into some of the bigger philosophical questions about where the franchise is. And if it's that they don't have great relationships with prior bachelors, the guys who could come on and, you know, maybe give better advice about what's going on so that they're kind of going back to the one guy who's willing to, you know, show up whenever, whenever asked. And that's Sean Lowe. And they very clearly were trying to make Zach in Sean Lowe's image, this very all American clean cut loves to shower outside kind of (laughs) bachelor, you know, where there wasn't anything edgy to him. There wasn't going to be anything really controversial about him. And they very clearly wanted to kind of get back to that old format I'm very curious where the franchise goes from here, though, because if that was their goal to have this very classic, you know, throwback Bachelor season that was very familiar to people who, like you and me, who've been watching for a very long time, they were successful in that. I don't know how successful the season was otherwise in terms of 
viewership, people being excited about it. I think it's, this is really going to be an inflection point for them to, you know, look, charity season has already started, right? They're already in the middle of filming. I don't know if they can pivot now, but when you get ready for the next bachelor season, can they make some sort of pivot to freshen this whole thing up? Well, glad you asked that question because today, the day after the finale, it's come out that Mike Fleiss, after 27 seasons in 20 years, 27 bachelors, excuse me. I think it's like with the bachelorette, I think it's like almost 50. He's leaving. He's out. Like he is departing the franchise. The three people who are going to be running the show now, Fennec Gravener, who has been with the show for a while and he has had a pretty big pretty big influence on the show over the last few years because he has been the showrunner. So he's one of them. And then the showrunner of Bachelor Canada, whose name is Claire Freeland, is also coming in as well as Jason Ehrlich. And I know the least about Jason Ehrlich, but I, I've heard that she's had, she has a really like good reputation and Bachelor Canada has been really popular. This news just came out and I don't know if, if Mike Fleiss is leaving it on his own accord or if his deal was up or there's something else happening. I mean, he has a pretty, pretty, like, sordid past, to put it lightly. He and his wife have been through a lot, and he's, you know, she, I, I believe he was accused of pushing her down the stairs when she was pregnant, and then they were estranged, and they settled, and they got back together, but I'll, I'll just say it's not like Mike Fleiss is, you know, a, like a a saint, I would say. And so I don't I don't know exactly what that means for the franchise, but my my response to this was like, oh, this is really good news. Like this means there there is hope for change. And they really do have to evolve because aside from like the terribleness of what happened to Gabby, this was just really boring. Like it just wasn't yeah. It was not like an exciting season. The nicest thing about this season is how much these women like each other. And as Jesse remarked upon this last night, but the best thing about the season was how much Ariel, Gabby, and Katie like each other. And I I can't remember another finale where the final two are so genuinely complimentary of the other. And that was, like, definitely my favorite thing of the season. It was just, like, it was nice to hear and not in the sort of, like, cheap women-supporting-women way, but, like, these women, like, being, like, I'm nervous because I know how great the other one is. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was an interesting, it was, like, a little nugget in, I guess it was Katie's last chance date. Where mm-hmm. she where she actually brought up Gabby my name and said I don't know if I should be even saying this she said but Gabby's incredible and you know she's a really special woman and you know I, I understand how hard this is for you and you never hear that right you never, never hear yeah. the women never reference each other in like a positive way when it gets to these stages it's usually in some sort of you know you're being nervous or you're being defensive or whatever even if you do they do like each other and I think many of them you know really have liked each other I will be curious just because. You know, Zach did hurt Gabby so deeply um, yeah. where they're kind of, if, if they're able to compartmentalize that part of their own relationship and their own friendship and kind of maintain a friendship or if, you know, Gabby needs to have some distance. I hope Gabby does get some distance. I also hope we do see her somewhere else, whether that's paradise or some, you know, we're, we're getting some more crossovers now, like in you know, intermixing of reality franchises, because I think, yeah. you know, she's really funny. She's very self-deprecating. She's gorgeous. You know, I think she's smart, emotionally intelligent. I think she would do really well. I think a lot of the women from this season will do, will do well in paradise. Definitely. You know? Oh, definitely. I, I was just thinking like, where else would I want Gabby to go? But I definitely want her to go to paradise. I mean, 
Gabby had the line of the season when she steps out of the SUV and she's like steps into the mud and she was like, oh no, when it matters, don't do this to Katie. Like that was definitely the best moment. Maybe in like years. It was just, it was legitimately funny and like very, very real. And I loved it. But like devastating. I mean, we heard her, the, she said so many things that were just like heartbreaking and painful throughout the course of this episode, you know, when they were on their last chance date on the beach and, you know, she was starting to break down again. She was kind of back into that spiral that we saw her in during Fantasy Suite. She said a lot of stuff about how she, well, last week she talked about how she felt ugly. She's, you know, she feels unworthy that she's never, you know, she's never anybody's first choice. Just all of these things that were just really, really hard to hear. But there was something about, because it wasn't too camera. It wasn't, you know, it was kind mm-hmm. of just like it, she word vomited on, you know, she was just saying it. it was like she was talking to some producers off camera or she could have even been just talking to the van driver. You know, I'm not sure exactly. We couldn't yeah. really tell. But the fact that that was just like what she was thinking in that moment, she knew exactly what was going to happen. And look, it's been a, when was the last time we actually got like the two, you know, there's two finalists, only one of them is going to get out of the limo. I think it was Nick. Nick season was the last yeah. time there were actually two women. Peter was the last actual proposal at a finale. So Nick yeah. season aired in 2017, I believe. 17. I mean, it has been it Six has years. been a while since we've since we've had that, you know, where like the door opens and you have to guess whose shoe it is. And it's probably been even longer than that since the woman who or the or the man, but the the finalist who exited knew that they were going down to get dumped. You know, yeah. JoJo didn't know she was gonna get dumped when she went down for Ben Higgins season. Maybe Raven knew. You know, maybe Raven had an idea at the end of Raven, next season. I think Nick Raven very probably clearly didn't know. Yeah, I think I think Raven. I think the the like the sort of the scuttlebutt in that season is that everyone knew it was Vanessa. Yeah, and it also I think with also Michelle's season on the Bachelorette, like everyone knew it was Nate. So I feel I, I think you're I think like there was less of this like I don't know what's going to happen, but. I, I also think just sort of like the information imbalance was really highlighted last night of the way that they started mm-hmm. with Ariel confronting confronting Zach and just being like, I didn't know until I watched, which like I have a, a slightly hard time believing. Maybe Gabby just like didn't want to talk about it. But if you're all really good friends, as you claim, how is it like, how does Gabby not talk about that? She clearly is like an expressive person who talks about how she's feeling and I was like, is is that really true that Ariel never hasn't heard in the last four months what happened? Yeah. Well, and also, I thought it was pretty, I mean, maybe this was just tricky editing, but I thought it was very clear from the way that they had the camera on her during the Fantasy mm-hmm. Suites rose ceremony when he was giving his little like spiel about his parameters changing. And you could see <laughs> the expression on her face go from like, hopeful to like dead in the eyes. Yeah. And to me, that was like a, she realized what that meant. And maybe she didn't know specifically that he had had sex with Gabby because he didn't say her by name there. You know, Katie obviously knew at that point who it was, but she knew, oh, he had sex with somebody after our date where he said he wasn't going to. Like, I thought it was pretty clear that she knew what that meant about right when he said that. Maybe she just thought it was Katie. Yeah, because, I mean, I probably... Honestly, until the middle of the the episode, the fantasy suite episode, I thought it was Katie too. I mean, Zach, we didn't talk about this last week, but like, I think as they were departing, or Gabby, when Gabby and Zach were ending their date, she said, "Now don't go to have too much fun" or something. And I was like, "Oh, there it is!" Yeah. Like she's sending yeah. him off, and he's going to go like, have too much fun. But yeah, I mean, it, I I do want to talk a little bit more about a couple of the things that Ariel said, but it was like a very weird episode. Do you like her? 
I I do. I'm not sure if I like her as like a bachelor character. Like I feel like maybe she was on the wrong show. Yeah, I'm not show. sure exactly where else I should play what should place her, but she never really seemed to fit like in the bachelor mold. Like she was too kind of cool, I guess. And I know you and you and Callie like have a lot more experience with women that like Ariel type. and uh than I do living here in Colorado. Although I did go to I did go to Emory, which was a uh, Oh man. A lot of New Yorkers. Yeah, I was uh, a. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sheesh. So that was like a. That was my college experience. But I did like her. I thought she was like cool and funny and like kind of witty and different from a lot of the other women that we see on the show. I mean, it was just so. It was very refreshing to have like a woman and a front runner who wasn't like an evangelical Christian. I thought it was like interesting to have somebody from a different background to speak about being a first-generation American, to talk about her family's immigrant experience, to talk about being Jewish and how much that mattered to her. I I thought that was really refreshing in a franchise that very much squashes anything that's not kind of like very— Claire and Emma talked about Either very traditional or vaguely Christian. So, you know, I thought that—so I I did like her, and I kind of—if she goes to paradise, I think she'll be like— the flame. Like, I think men will flock to her because she, she is. She looked amazing. She looked beautiful last night. Like, oh just my God. incredible. That white, that white dress. Yeah, she, she looked Yeah, and her hair stunning. and makeup looked stunning. incredible. I also, it's funny. I agree she's on the wrong show. I think she would have been an awesome real world character in sort of like the second phase of real world, like around the year, like 2002. Like, she would have been a really good in, like, a real-world Chicago or, like, real-world Hawaii. Like, she reminds me of that wave of reality TV. And yeah. I, something about her, I, I'm just, like, too tough on her. I think just because she's familiar. But, like, I just, like, don't really like her, but I respect her. And I thought that she was very— I thought that both she and Gabby were really eloquent in expressing why yeah. they were mad. And I, I, I like that. I was like, this is great. And, like, they're, like, representing for— like, the women who go on the show very well. And, and, like, it wasn't frivolous. It wasn't, like, it was just, it was well said and impactful. I don't know. I, I did think that, like, both Gabby and Ariel were, like, very successful in how they presented themselves. Oh, for sure. And I, te- I tend to be, like, pretty critical of this franchise for continuing to just cast so young. But there is something about kind of this generation of women, I think, who have maybe been maybe growing up in a culture where like therapy is more normalized and you're more used to kind of maybe doing some like, you know, a lot of more like inner examination and talking about your feelings than maybe, you know, our, you and me and our generation. And certainly (laughs) the women that are older than us, that were maybe the first generation of, you know, the Gen X characters on this show or contestants on this show. But it was very clear that both of them were able to really articulate well what they were feeling and why they were upset. It wasn't just like, you hurt me. It was it was Ariel saying, the thing that really struck me that she said was that he removed her agency to have a decision. Like he was very selfish and just saying, this is what I'm doing for me and not letting her have any part of that conversation. And I thought that was really, really interesting because, you know, I tend to watch this show and a lot of other shows with kind of this like, a little bit of like a feminist bent and, you know, what is this doing for the patriarchy and everything. And, you know, it is very traditional. It is a very traditionally like patriarchal show and so many of the the structures of it. And 
you know, the way the the decision that Zach made. And probably a lot of this comes from his decision to like base himself off of Sean Lowe, who is the most traditional bachelor that we've ever had. And the one who they like to hold up as being the most successful as well. And I thought Ariel and Gabby as well did a really good job of explaining why that was problematic and why that was harmful and so hurtful to them. Yeah. Also when Gabby was like, I get it, sex sells. That just like really cut through for me too. I was like, oh man, that's really just like, when she's like, I'm now a narrative. I just found that like so mm-hmm. sad. And I was like, that's true. And like, there's other, and that happens frequently, but like this one felt like such like a violation. And also, you know, I think the other thing that was such like a bummer, although I don't think that the, the audience reaction has been this way, but when Hannah Brown was like, I had sex in a windmill twice and Jesus still loves me. And like when she was very like, sort of like a sex positive bachelorette, like people and me included, like, loved it. Like, that's by far my favorite season. Same thing with Caitlyn. Like, and it's not because they had sex, but it's, like, the emotional fallout from that or, and, like, the um, like yeah. going through it. And so that it sucks that Gabby was, like, I'm feeling bare. I feel humiliated and that she was, like, being shamed when, like, in some ways, the show is actually its best when it's representing what it the complications of dating multiple people and, like, how you negotiate having sex in a way where, like, you should feel free to do it, but also, like, think about the consequences, you know? It's not like it should be consequence-free, but it's, like, Zach turned it into, like, this, like, sin or whatever. And that's, like, what yeah. was so shitty. I also think the way that he talked yeah. to her when she was leaving was horrible. He is so emotionally stunted or, like, has just no emotional wherewithal. But, like, when confronted with pure emotion, he cannot rise to the occasion even at all it's like kind of shocking and like good luck katie who i really who i really like and like by all accounts is awesome like everyone seems to really like her (laughs) yeah and they you know i think the katie of it all is is kind of an interesting part because she really got like forgotten in this episode i mean what we're we've been talking for 20 something minutes and it's like the second time that we've mentioned her because it almost it it hurt their relationship and like their love story felt very secondary to yeah. Certainly to the finale. I mean, it very much was like, and and this wasn't just us. Like, this was the way that the the show, the producers and the directors or whatever, that's the way they structured this episode. Yeah. There was five minutes of Katie and then, okay, and now, charity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there just was no, like, there, you know, and part of that was like, there was no drama to it, right? We knew he was going to pick Katie. There was no, and, and I do appreciate that Jesse didn't try to like, play it up anymore. You know, he didn't do the like most dramatic, will they still be together? Uh, You know, there was none of that because it was just kind of like, here they are. They're happy. They're going to move in together in Austin, just like we all assumed they would. And, you know, I I hope it works for them. I I truly do. And they do seem happy. They were already talking about when they're going to get married. And Zach mentioned like, and then we'll see about little ones. I was like, all right, dude. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're (laughs) almost, what, we're like a third of the way through 2023. So I guess that's not so far away. But yeah, I mean, Katie's whole story here was very, very secondary. And, you know, I think they tried to manufacture drama and suspense for her as much as they could. But once she came back to that fantasy suite date, that was it. Like, I don't think you, like, that was her moment to walk away, to tell him to kick rocks or whatever. And she didn't. She just, she came back to that suite and said, this is something that we can get through. And that was it. And every moment of the finale just felt like it was building to their proposal. Their, her dates felt, despite some editing to try to make it seem like there was drama, it very much felt like her dates were easy and breezy. 
no conflict with the family, happy tears through the meetings with the sisters, all of those sorts of things that, you know, and and it's unfortunate for her because she is the second or fourth, fifth, maybe even headline today, right? About what this, this should be the day where she's getting her People Magazine exclusive spread. And instead, all we want to talk about is Gabby and the emotional fallout and maybe kind of what this means for the franchise moving forward and less about what it means for Katie and Zach specifically. Totally. I will say, biggest surprise for me, really like Zach's dad, like a lot. I was very surprised and I didn't like deep dive him. So perhaps I would like him less if I Googled him, but I really liked how he talked about contrary to everything Zach has said about his parents for this entire season. He's like, relationships are forged in hard times. Not good. And I was like, that is really great advice. And it's so funny because Zach is so focused on his parents' perfect relationship. And it's like, oh, he really doesn't understand marriage. And I thought that was like, I was just very surprised how much I liked Zach's dad. Was not expecting that. And I hope, you know, maybe that means that like they've done a good job of like shielding him or their children from some of their, you know, adult struggles from when, you know, they were children or whatever. But I do think it speaks to Zach's just maybe like lack, lack of emotional intelligence and how he observes things. The one thing I did, I couldn't get out of my head while watching his dad was Zach convinced his dad to like invest his entire like savings. His dad was a firefighter and he convinced his dad to like invest his entire savings in crypto. And then his he dad, did? like they lost it all. Oh my God. <laughs> I think I'm going to Google that Wasn't right that a storyline during last season? Okay. <laughs> oh my God. It was, <laughs> I wanted to know so more crazy. about like Zach crypto bro stuff during out the, during the season and we didn't get <laughs> any of it. Oh my God. That's just so funny. What I this thought is you really were going to bring podcasting. up was also, what I thought you were going to bring up also his dad, like just talked about how Zach almost died and like Gabby was like really upset about it. And Zach, when she brought to Zach, he was like, Oh, so they brought that up. Huh? You are correct. Lindsay. <laughs> dad crypto, right? Yeah, Chapman Shellcross, his father, the father of the current Bachelor, he was a Bachelor contestant. I'm reading from the Los Angeles Times. <laughs> He's one of nearly 1.7 million people around the globe whose assets are frozen in the Celsius Network, a cryptocurrency lender that promised to be a safe, safer than a bank. Oh my God, yes, this is terrible. <laughs> He's a firefighter. About it, so yeah, he was. It's not like. Look, my dad is a firefighter, so like I'm very like in tune to kind of this, but like. Like work really, really hard for a long time and you get a pension and you know you're saving for your retirement and you know it's not like he was a finance bro who was like into taking financial risks his entire life. No, like he was a firefighter who invested his money here because his crypto bro son. Sorry. Oh my god. I, I'm jumping this into it. But I wanted to know, but that's more of the hard times apparently that they've been through. And look That's crazy. I, how their relationship survived, uh <laughs> His son convincing him to put him in crypto, his, all his money in crypto, and then having all his assets frozen. Great. Like, more, more power to you. And I'm glad that your family is strong enough to survive that sort of financial trauma. $400,000 tied up in, in crypto. Sheesh. That's really upsetting. I mean, wow. That's, I, I do think if I dug more into the Shawcross family, I would not be a fan. But I'm already not a fan of Zach, so that's not, not a stretch. I know that I wouldn't like them, but I was surprised that his dad came across, like, pretty well last night. Did you think he came across well? Yeah, they seemed very, like, well-adjusted, and I think he asked good questions, but he wasn't, you know, trying to be, you know, like, too tough, or but he also wasn't, like, too much of a softie. I think, you know, I think the sisters were the ones that kind of had to, uh, like, the, the women yeah, had to win over. Funny. But I loved that there was one, like, smiley sister and one 
kind of like cold faced sister. Frowny face. I was like, and she was the younger one too. I think she was like unhappy to be there. She was just like, why? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, It means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I haven't been to Thailand. It's just not high on my list. I feel like their location scouting was very poor and they chose the wrong time of day for the proposal. So like in the bay behind them, it was low tide and it like looked mucky, which no shade at this bay. Like that's just like the natural ecology or whatever, but just wasn't very picturesque and they're like off, off their game. Yeah, they didn't go. It seemed like they were kind of in the very, like they had a couple of locations. Like it seemed like Gabby, yeah. like both of Gabby's dates were in the same place. They're Katie had both of hers in that jungle. I was like horrified by the Katie's jungle date last week because they were stuck Why? in that tandem kayak and then they had to sit. I just from like a setting, like With their feet in the water, the feet in the water. I kept being like, we're in like a rainforest in Thailand. Are there not snakes in this water? Are there alligators? Like I was hurt bugs. <laughs> like I was uh, it's just, it was, uh, it was not, my, it was the, not my favorite. The rain, the rain part was cool to me, but yeah, their feet in the water. I was like, isn't that cold? And like, aren't they getting like pruny feet? Like what's going on here? That I just thought that was strange. <laughs> also then on Love Island, there was another date where like they just kept their feet in the water the whole time. They were like having breakfast sitting in a river, but only their feet. It was super fucking weird. I was just like, what is this trend? I, I, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Sean Lowe's finale was also in Thailand. So yeah, this was really was. just like callbacks. Didn't they like ride away on an elephant? Am I imagining that? They, Did Sean and Catherine no, they, like do correct. the we're engaged and they got on an elephant? Yes. Where Zach and Zach and Katie got on a little boat. A boat. Yeah. And sailed away. They did get on an elephant. The most important thing from that finale, though, is that Lindsay immediately took off her shoes on L-I-N-Z-I. I'll never forget it. Because I was like, yeah, of course. That's what I would do, too. I would immediately be like, fuck this. Shoes are coming off. Give me my flip-flops. And then no one's heard from her again. So she, at least she, she made, I think she made the right choice. I, I don't she know. actually, we were talking about what Gabby should do. She, she should look up what Lindsay did. Because <laughs> I think she seems, she's like, married with kids and seems well-adjusted and she kind of disappeared from reality TV. I don't know. Maybe Gabby wants to remain on reality TV, but if she wants to just kind of like have a healthy 
future, maybe a break from reality TV would be what's right. I know. I do. I do think Gabby needs to step away, but maybe she also just needs to have fun. People have a lot more fun in paradise. At least that's nice. Did you feel like when she got into the van, it was like she kind of held it together. We were talking about the breakup and how Zach Mm -hmm. responded and when he was walking her out. She kept just basically saying, like, stop talking. He wouldn't stop talking, right? And she she really held it together in those moments. But then when she got in the van, it was when she really, like, unloaded. She talked about how she felt humiliated. She talked about how she had been strung along for what. Like, she, I think she was mad at Zach. I think she was mad at production for kind of keeping this whole thing going, knowing that— she wasn't going to be the one at the end. It did kind of feel like to me that she was doing the Bachelorette audition in the van mm. and talking about, you know, she kind of said that she did the Ben Higgins, I am unlovable thing. And will I ever be good? She enough? didn't know at that point. Yeah. So it, I kind of felt that. And then I was like, oh, but, you know, they've already picked charity. Well, so it would be another. It's, it's really, yeah. I think it's really surprising she didn't get it. Usually when you're that distraught they like compensate for you by being like but now here's five guys right away so i'm surprised she didn't get it but i do think that she'll be in paradise like no brainer because people will really feel for her but i i'm not sure i'm upset that she didn't get it i i like her a lot but i think that she's more fun as like like in like a group of friends like i can see i because like there was like some like bloopers of like her and katie like having fun together she seems like a girl's girl in a really great way and i would rather see her like having fun in paradise than than being the bachelorette and i think that it, it seems like charity is like has more of like the bachelorette qualities of sort of like being poised in the moments you need to be poised and, like, excited when you need to be excited. She also clearly, like, can be someone's confidant based on the way that she and Zach really connected. So I think that, I think she's, I I would not surprise she got it, but, like, I just think that, Gabby, like, needs to take a break, but also people must feel really bad for her. I know they do, so why not? Well, and we'll have, what is the, what is the Paradise timeline? They usually go in June, is that right? June, yeah. Yeah, so... Also, Bachelorette's later this year. It starts on June 26th, I think, which is crazy, which means that's really late. That's a month later than usual. So it means it'll go Yeah, it's usually like like Memorial Day, right? Yeah, so it'll it'll go into September, and then Paradise, I assume, and then Old Bachelor? I I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're finally doing that, but— I do think with like Mike Fleiss leaving, it probably changes things up. And that make that explains yeah. a little bit more to me why it's a week a week delayed. Feels like maybe there's a reset happening, which is really necessary, though. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I don't even know like what I think the show should be. And all of the shows that are more like are more in the zeitgeist now, particularly Love is Blind and in Low Island, but I'm like very late to that, is much more about like people sifting through each other and like having like not just one person that you're vying for, but much more about like this micro, this like this closed system where you have to like make choices from a wide selection. And so I do think it's just like a little, like the format itself is tired and there's a reason why people really enjoy paradise a lot more than just like the actual franchise, like the, the flagship show. So I don't really know how you fix that, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, inherent to this thing is one man or one woman choosing, you know, whittling down a group of 30 to pick one, you know, one at the end with still this expectation that you will get engaged at the end, which has long felt antiquated and kind of ridiculous and the pressure that it puts on the contestants, I think, is really unfair. That said, all these other shows that we're kind of just talking about, they have this baked-in marriage element to it as well that you're, you know, Honestly, you're proposing to somebody that you've never even 
seen before and then six weeks later supposed to actually get married or not or you know married at first sight is really fun but that is like the stakes of that are super high as well you know we our, our colleague Jody Walker talks about this a lot about kind of the love islandization of mm-hmm. other you know of American dating shows and the bachelor outside of some little bits in paradise in this most last in this most recent cycle the bachelor has really been like immune to that like they have not really integrated any elements of what has made love island so successful and i do wonder if with the new showrunners coming in if there'll be there'll be an opportunity to look you change know that a couple are coming from canada yeah like change it up a little bit is it yeah are we bringing in new contestants from time yeah. to time are you bringing in they had a they had a really good opportunity when they had two bachelorettes to just completely completely disrupt the format and do things completely differently and they did not and I think they botched yeah. it Huge really mistake. really badly yeah. and I never want to see two bachelorettes or two bachelors honestly if they do it the same way that what they did to Gabby and Rachel but maybe there's ways that you could make that as successful if it was actually thought yeah. out and planned out where there is more like the best times of Gabby and Rachel's season was when there was some question about like who is going to date who and was there competition amongst you know between the women or competition among the men of who you're going to choose and that is a really good element of these other shows of love is blind the first part of love is blind at least and of love island obviously i think the genre has shifted to people being more focused on relationships than competition and that's what's missing is that there's there's no relationship here. Like, it was like one, ultimately, or two. But we are all know they spend so little time together, which is like, even compared to Love is Blind, where they also spend so little time together, Zach and Bliss say that they spent 10 hours straight talking to each other. Like, Katie and, and Zach from Bachelor, from The Bachelor, have probably spent only a little bit more time than that together. And it's only because Katie essentially got two overnights because she got that museum date. Like, otherwise... Yeah. They would, they would have, like, you know, as much time. Like, you just, it, it's just, there's not the same, like, you don't buy into the connection. And I think, like, the novelty of it is obviously gone. And I think viewers have just evolved to wanting to to be following fucked up relationships, honestly. Like, it's like the dysfunction that sells now versus sex selling or whatever. And I, I do hope that, like, and, and yeah, dysfunction is fun. Like, it's, like, a fun thing to watch on TV because it's, like, there's so much to talk about. So, on the topic of Love is Blind, I got two things wrong that I just want to address. First of all, Amber is the one who's been divorced twice. And I'm going to be honest, by when we leave the pods, anyone who didn't come out of the pods gets erased from my brain. So, Jacoby and I were like, oh, yeah, Irina has been divorced twice, and she has not. So, that was wrong. My bad. Oh, Amber, that was, she was the one who, who, who didn't pick Amber? Now I'm remembering. Paul. I must remember. Paul did not pick. Paul, yes, yes, yes. He, yes. He, she was the flight attendant. Too. She was the yeah, flight exactly. attendant. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing is we said that Marshall and Jackie didn't have sex, so they did. So I'm sorry, guys. There's just a lot to keep track of. But do you feel the same way with Love is Blind? Like, once they move out of the pods, anyone who was not going to Mexico I, is just gone from my brain. I'm just like, okay, thanks. Yeah, and it's hard. They, they don't... I did think this season they did a little bit better job of showing what was going on in the living, in pod life and letting us get to know kind of who these people are and the dynamics that were going on in the pods and amongst the people and how they, who was friends with who and let like those, the the people kind of become more well-rounded 
like characters, I guess. I will be curious if they bring them all back at some point. Didn't they do that in season two where there was like a big mixer or something where some of the people who yeah. had been in the pods but not chosen were back in to just kind of mix, you know, mix things up a little yeah, bit. But well, I enjoyed the pod life aspect of it. Me yeah, I do too. I, I I really like that a lot. I think this season is is much better than season three. I didn't like the Dallas season, but also I don't know. Season two was just like so revelatory and came at the right time at like kind of like the right COVID time that I just feel like it's it'll be hard to live up to it. But nevertheless, the show always delivers because people are crazy. It's a it's a really fun one. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Just some programming. Love is Blind, we'll be continuing to cover that. So next Monday, Jacoby and I will be back covering episodes six through eight. And then April, we're going to do a combo of Love is Blind and some Bachelor interviews. And then in May, Love Island UK season three, we're going to be watching. For me, it's the first time. For Callie, it'll be a rewatch. I invite you all to join. More details on that as we figure it out. We'll put out a schedule for watching all together. And we made it, guys. We survived this Zach Shawcross season. I wasn't sure we could, but we did. <laughs> Thank you so much to Jade Whaley, who produced this episode, and to she and Ashley Smith, who have been our stalwart producers all season long. I always feel like it's a little celebratory when the Bachelor season's over. I'm like, we, we did it. it. <laughs> That's exactly uh, it's what I sent uh, our our lovely editor, Andrew Gradadaro, and I who have been handling the recap. But a lot of the recapping this season, it's exactly what I said in this mess this morning. I said, Phew, we made it. Congratulations. I feel like we deserve Seriously. We deserve a ring and some champagne or something. We do. I'm gonna cheers. I'm gonna cheers everyone uh, right after this pod. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back next week.